It's a vibe. Welcome. It's another episode of High Vibes Podcast. Thank you for paying me with your time, paying me with your attention, because you're not going to get it back. So the fact that you chose to play this on the background, in your car, in your office, in your home, in your walk, workout, whatever it may be, I appreciate you. Thank you. And I continuously wish that you are blessed and highly favored. But I have a question. What is your self-talk like? Do you even have one? Basically, do you have an inner monologue? Are you able to sit there, think to yourself, have a conversation with whomever, whatever, but essentially be able to self-reflect. The reason I ask that is because if you are able to and you do have an inner monologue, well, you only belong to the 30% of people that is able to have an inner monologue slash self-reflection. So essentially, that says that 50 to 70% of people in the world do not have an inner monologue. They don't talk to themselves. When I first started talking to, them, to myself, I remember being you know, a kid. I always thought I was crazy because I was talking to myself. But essentially, it was my inner monologue. It was my ability to self-reflect, do better, question my own actions, and eventually lead me to a place where I can hold myself accountable. But what about, so if we belong in that 30%, what about the other 70? Well, estimation 50 to 70, but let's just say 70. 70% of people do not have an inner monologue, which makes perfect sense because think about it. Do you have a friend, family member, coworker, whatever, that continuously does the same thing but yet they don't know what they're doing wrong. Like they're not having a happy life. They don't have good relationships. They're happy with themselves, but they're not changing anything. Like they keep, for us, right? Because it's always easier to look from the outside in. So for us, it looks like, well, all they have to do is change that and then do that and then they'll be good. But it's hard to see it when you're in it. So that's why it's easy for people to look from the outside in. But the ones that are in it, they don't see what's wrong in their actions. But how are they able to do better if they don't know better? If they don't have that self-reflection, that inner monologue? So at this point, I kept going, essentially, I kept doing my research and I kept finding the cause right because everything is essentially cause and effect because that is a crazy number 70 percent of people don't have an inner monologue they don't self-reflect that is wild to me so i kept looking it up and essentially it goes back or it goes up all the way up to essentially how you think 
right? But what if you don't know that your environment, surroundings, things that you're consuming are actually affecting your ability to think, essentially your ability to have a critical thinking skill? Because that's essentially what it is. It's a skill to be able to think deeply and critically. So, I looked all the way up. Oh, I, w- I went all the way back. And I'm just going to start it with this. There was a man who was quoted saying, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. Okay? I'll say that again. He said, I want a nation of workers, not thinkers. If you know who said that, then you're already, I guess, ahead of the game. But the man that said that was John D. Rockefeller. Okay, so Rockefeller. I'm sure you've heard that name plenty of times, Rockefeller. If you're younger, you might be like, oh, that's oddly similar to Rockefeller Records. And if you're a millennial... You might be like, oh, I used to wear Rockaware jeans. But anyways, John D. Rockefeller said that. He wants a nation of workers, not thinkers. Well, how do you create a nation of workers? How do you create a nation that does not think? How do you get them to listen? Well, what if you start affecting their critical thinking process? Because just like them, they went all the way back and found the studies and science of what causes a person to not have that skill of critical thinking. So basically, this is what he did. When I looked up how much or who created and what funded the General Education Board, it essentially funded medicines or education um, he even funded the ADA which is the American Dental Association but during his time think about this number I'm about to drop during his time early 1900s he dropped a hundred and eighty million dollars in grants and funding through the General Education Board so you will be like, well, yeah, well, duh, he's a philanthropist. You know, most capitalists who's been able to amass that amount of money are philanthropists. Absolutely, he's a philanthropist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here to shit on the good that Rockefeller did. I'm just here to shed a little history and essentially show you a bunch of doors that is up to you if you want to do your research and walk in that door. I'm not going to kick you inside. I'm just going to show you the door. But essentially, this is where it leads to. Fluoride. You're like, okay, fluoride. That's in my toothpaste, mouthwash, that's in our water. What about it, George? Hmm. Well, you're absolutely right. When When it comes to just your standard Google search of what fluoride does for you, then you'll see the initial results of absolutely strengthens your enamel, It prevents tooth decay. 
And, you know, it prevents bad breath, prevents plaque buildup, all the good stuff. So, yeah, I won't take that away. But then when you look at more studies, you find that fluoride causes cancer, causes brittle bones, which is an irony if it strengthens your enamel, yet it's brittling your bones. Dental fluorosis, which are white spots in your teeth. And neurological impairment. So that essentially is, I mean, pick and choose. Either the first one or the last one I listed. Whatever is worse for you, but they're all bad. Because first one I said was cause cancer. Then the last one, neurological impairment. And then through that neurological impairment, what they found is people with higher levels of fluoride actually leads to a low IQ test. As a matter of fact, I actually found out through this research that if a child swallows just a pea size, okay, a pea size, pour a pea size amount of toothpaste, we actually have to call poison control. That one blew my mind. I did not know it. So for a child, it can become toxic. For an adult, it's just enough. Gotcha. But then this is really, I mean, if all that is mind-boggling and you might be feeling some cognitive dissonance by now, which is cognitive dissonance is essentially you're you've always believed a certain thing, but now you've been presented with new information that essentially disproves what you believed your entire life. And it's causing friction, causing frustration in your mind, right? It's called cognitive dissonance. Like, you see the facts, you see it, you understand it, but yet you still feel some type of way and you don't quite believe it. So look it up. But here's the kicker for you, though. Fluoride is actually banned in Europe. It's banned in Europe, along with 10,000 other chemicals. That's legal in the United States of America, but illegal in Europe. Okay, that's a whole continent. The things that we have here are illegal over there. So that's just wild to me. Because why would then our government put fluoride in our water, put fluoride in our toothpaste, put fluoride in our mouthwash, and have these medical professionals, such as dentists, that knows all about our teeth telling us that we need it. Why? Well, you have to go back to the funding, to the man, because he wasn't just one man, he was a group of them. He's just the one that was quoted saying he wants a nation of workers and thinkers. But think about it this way. If you are the ADA and you are essentially the curriculum for dentists to study, graduate, right, and all that good stuff, you have essentially all the information that these dentists, these DDS, are learning. But imagine if you're Rockefeller and what you want is a nation of workers, not thinkers, and you shelled out all these millions to the ADA. But then the ADA says, oh, no, sir, we can't put fluoride in our curriculum and actually tell people it's good for your teeth and all this stuff because it's not good for your brain, for your bones, all this stuff. So 
what would you do then? Because me, Rockefeller, says, okay, no worries. You're right. You have all the means not to put that in your curriculum. I'll just take away my money then. I'll just take away the grants that these... I'll just, I'll just take away the funding. Now, if you're the ADA, would you be more inclined to now do what Rockefeller says? So essentially, that's where it is. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm smarter than dentists, but I'm saying facts are facts, and these research are out there. You have a good amount of dentists saying yes on fluoride, and you have a great amount of dentists and scientists and researchers saying no. You have a whole continent saying no to fluoride, but yet we have it here. So now you're asking, but why fluoride though, George? Well, how does that affect our thinking? Well, we have this thing in our brain, in our mind. It's called the pineal gland. And the pineal gland, when you look it up, it essentially regulates melatonin. It regulates your sleep-wake cycle. However, melatonin, or sorry, your pineal gland, when it's activated, it actually provides you a clarity of thought. It actually gives you increased awareness. So listen to those two. Clarity of thought, increased awareness. Your self-reflection, your inner monologue, your thinking process. That's what goes away when the pineal gland is calcified. And what they saw is fluoride calcifies our pineal gland and you're like whoa dude i just a lot of information you just dropped but like i said i'm here to just show you the door i'm here to speak about facts and things that not only raises our vibrations but the things that actually also lower it we need to know what lowers our vibration for us to keep it high and raise our vibration so your pineal gland being calcified lowers your vibration. You're not thinking. When you're not thinking, you're easily manipulated. You go along with the status quo. You don't question things. You just go along with the masses. Because it's hard to be a critical thinker. It's hard to provide your own opinion, controversial opinions, when the rest of the crowd, the status quo, absolutely goes against it you're essentially going against the tide when you get on this level of awareness people don't like different but it's up to you to plant that flag stay in your power and speak the truth my wife and i stopped fluoride consumption well over three years ago we stopped using products that has phthalates, parabens. Um, we stopped using products that has carrageenan. We stopped using products that essentially causes cancer, man. Like, why is there aluminum in your deodorant? Look it up. Look it up the ingredients. I know some people are getting in the habit of looking up food ingredients, but also look up the lotion, right? The, your, your face lotion, your products cosmetics uh, yeah man 
So you ask, okay, well, you told me who started the whole movement of nation of workers and thinkers. You gave me history. You gave me what fluoride does. But if we're thinking about critical thinking, what do I actually do to improve my critical thinking skills? What I got you. I got that too. Well, for one, if you are being told new information, okay, you have to look at it with a cautious eye, which means even though the person that's telling you this is credible, trustworthy, still take the information in with caution. Look up the source, research the source, and research other material. It's never resources, it's only your resourcefulness. So be resourceful and look at the literature around you. Easy Google search. Top of the page will get your most popular ones, but keep, keep scrolling. See what, see, go to the second page and see what's buried. But essentially look it up. Research. From there, you start looking at other materials, but not just the materials to support your claim, also the, also the materials that goes against it. So you consider more than one point of view. When you consider more than one point of view, and you're talking to somebody, well, you practice that active listening. But then when you gather enough information, additional information, then you cannot form your own opinion. But after that, ask open-ended questions. Keep asking until you get to the point of your thinking that you are solid in your conclusion. So those are the skills or those are the things that we can do to consistently improve our critical thinking. One of the things, one of the questions I was taught growing up and was taught never to stop asking was why, 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 why? Never, till, till this day, man, don't stop asking why. The older we get, the, it's like we stop asking why. We're not as curious anymore because we feel like we know it all. Man, the more I know, the more I know nothing. There's just so much freaking information out here. But that is how you improve your critical thinking. How do you have a poor critical thinking? Well, you know you have poor critical thinking when you have an over-reliance on your feelings and emotions. Okay? If you start arguing or debating with people based on feelings and emotions, you're not going to win that one. Think about it. Have you ever been part of an argument that the other person just gets louder and louder even though their points are the exact same points? They're just repeating themselves? If you ever find yourself arguing with people who think the louder they get, the more correct they are, shut your mouth, walk away. That's it. I don't do arguments. I don't like arguments. I don't need to find out who's right and who's wrong. I like having conversations, even debates. But even debates I don't like. I like having conversations. Because in a conversation, we find out what's right, not who is right. And that is how we keep information correct, safe, 
question everything. Keep raising your vibrations. If you can cut out some of those things I mentioned now, then do it, man. Aluminum in your deodorant, fluoride in your toothpaste. It's a start. And then from there, start looking at your pantry. But anyways, hope you're blessed and highly favored. Have a great week, great day, and I love y'all.